Hi, this is Melissa. It's December 25, 2022, and I am introducing Alan's Christmas talk from 2008. I chose this because it's so prescient. I listened to several Christmas talks that he did, and there were some very interesting ones. 2006 I listened to, and he he went into the esoteric meanings of Christmas and that this time of the year when the sun crosses the sky seems to disappear. That is the death of the sun. And then three days later it reappears. This is the rebirth of the sun. And that many religions share this crossing of the sun and that that's an esoteric meaning for Christmas. But I ended up with 2008 because of the prescience and that is the, the, the knowledge of events to come. It, it, it just is all throughout this talk. It's rather astonishing. And one of the things that I, I wanted to highlight from the talk that he, he, he talked about if there is something, if, if there is something that we can do to turn things around, it would be if masses of people, the overwhelming majority, took to the streets, protested en masse. And, you know, at that time, and he even said three or four reasons why you could protest. In other words, it doesn't matter. Just do it and do it in a way that is not, that is not presented to you. It is not the thing that the powers that be are telling you that you need to go and protest. It's what is really wrong. And we ha- there, there hasn't been enough of that in, in this country. But I'm told that every single day in any even smallish town in Germany, you will see people protesting. They just don't like what has happened for the last three years. And I think if we had more of that in every country, there would still be a possibility to at least slow things down. I'm not the optimist, and you won't get that from me, but we can we can be instruments for moving things at a glacial pace if enough of us say no. Christmas was really the only holiday or celebration or event or time of the year that was remarkable or of interest or worth stopping for to Alan. Um, Not in the way of running around Christmas shopping and going to parties or anything like that, hanging lights on the house. But it was the time of the year that he took off for a week or ten days between Christmas and the beginning of the new year. He usually liked to present a gift of a song that he would sit down and play that day for his listeners. And uh, if he was not able to do that because his hands were too stiff and painful, um, he would replay songs that he did in previous years. In 2008, 
he play he wrote a song that day december twenty five two thousand eight and then he played it and he pick around with the the musical themes of that throughout the day but it wouldn't be until he picked at it for a few minutes that it took shape and he might run through that once or twice and then he would record that but he would be able to play it again um, that that was always amazing to me but once it came together in his mind it was uh, it was a completed piece and I recall that after he recorded this, you'll notice in the talk he just said, "Well, he got the guitar out of the coffin and and played a song." He didn't say the name of the song, and the that is because often, not always, but often he would play it for you before the piece had a name. And at that time, there was a period of years there. There was a, a young fellow who had volunteered to to come up to Canada and had been instrumental in, in building the website, the comm site, and the and the comm mirrors. There was another volunteer who did the Alan Watts Sentinel EU, but this fellow was there for years working on the website, and he uploaded the audio until he left and I took that over but Alan would play the piece he would do the talk and then we would listen to the piece together the three of us at this time and he'd say well what shall we call it and this is the idea of giving them Spanish names it's classical guitar and there's a lot of classical guitar music in Spain and so the one from 2007 which I replayed in the, the talk that I did Fortitude um, the title of that is Campeones para Siempre, which is Champions Forever. And none of the three of us spoke Spanish, so we would come up with an English title that we liked for whatever reason, whatever that song, that piece evoked in us and then we would just put it in the computer and come up with the Spanish name and we had a an actual paper copy of a Spanish to English English to Spanish dictionary and we would try to make sure that we were getting the grammar right and of course the title for 2008 was hombre and that is man young man or man and that title, I do recall um, that we weighed in with a few suggestions, but that one was entirely Alan. He said, well, I, I just want something that's about a man, a man's journey, man, you know, and we just said, well, how about man? So, <laughs> and that was easy. I think uh, at least one of us actually knew that the Spanish word for man was hombre, and when he finished the piece and he played back the recording for us because he didn't want anyone in the room when he was recording and and sadly that's why there's really no pictures of Alan playing the guitar 
but there you'll hear at one point in the piece there's a ring so obviously one of us heard the phone or whatever was causing the ring to sit to uh, happen and we fixed that while he was recording so that he didn't actually have to do that also in this talk there are a couple of email notices that come in so these are the little things though that that we remember when we're there um anyway when he played us the piece he said what do you think and i said well it it sounds an awful lot like campeones para siempre and he said yes they're they're themes it's it's a, a theme it's in my head and i said wow you've you've had a a musical theme in your head for a year because he really didn't play all year long he's just too busy too much going on the hands always gave him grief but yes he could keep a musical thought in his head for a year and so that is that is ombre ben allen he loved christmas and for a variety of reasons it was it was tradition it was a celebration of something that had meaning for him uh like i said there was no time for hanging lights or anything like that there were a few years where i went into the woods <clears throat> with some clippers and i lopped the top off of a small pine tree so i'd get about a foot and a half maybe a foot of a tree and put it in a coffee can filled with ashes and drape a little cloth around it and put it up on the the kitchen counter and so there wasn't really room for a christmas tree in the house there wasn't room on the on the kitchen counter either but that was my domain and i just made room for it and um decorated it we had some decorations and sadly i can't recall who sent them but they were pretty little raw wood untreated wood ornaments in the shape of like stars and that kind of thing and you know sometimes he'd even buy a little bottle of scotch or brandy and we'd have a little shot and toast the wonderfulness of that time of the year and i say wonderful because you know often alan talks about the commercialization and the hectic pace that people go at at this time of the year and even if you're not christian you weren't raised in the tradition just kind of in the air there can be this feeling of the things that you're supposed to do the way that it is supposed to look and what you should eat and give each other and that and it can be um a stressful feeling but for us it was a time of reflection of thinking about where we went wrong in the year and i've had places this year that i can reflect on where i went wrong um who i wish that i could do so you know you can't take things back alan would always say you've got a moment so that's why always being always having self control always being in that moment so you don't have that many things that you need to take back you don't have that many hurts that you wish oh would i would have should have could have done that one differently but we have to reflect we reflect i reflect on loss 
and I really have to say that the idea of of rebirth, even of being born again to a renewed commitment to keeping Alan's work going and bringing it to new people, uh, to me that is part of what rebirth is. You know, what is useless in me? What is a time waste and um, places that I don't really want to expend any energy so that my focus can be on, on this work, which I, I feel is so essential right now. So that was Christmas for us. That was his song. As always, I went through the news this week, looked at things I knew I wasn't going to be hitting you with any big stories. You know, they could launch a nuclear missile, and I guess I wouldn't have anything to say about it because sometimes you just need to have a break from it. But something did catch my eye because, again, in a way it sort of tied in with Alan's talk, and that was that the Pope warned his Vatican staff that an elegant demon lurked among them. And this was his way of chastising people who have rigid, holier-than-thou way of living the Catholic faith. Uh, He said, that he said true heresy consists not only in preaching another gospel as St. Paul told us but also in ceasing to translate its message into today's languages and ways of thinking and okay that really struck me because he said in ceasing to translate its message into today's languages and ways of thinking that's true heresy. So you could think, well, okay, you want to be able to hear liturgy and a sermon in the language that you speak, and that's the justification for not having a Latin Mass. But it would be heresy, then, he said, not to translate the message, the message of Jesus of Christianity, into today's ways of thinking. This is nothing but modernism. And modernism has already been called a heresy by Pope Pius X in his famous encyclical, which was entitled Pascendi Domenici Grigis. Sorry if I slaughtered that Latin, but um, I don't speak or write or read Latin, and I'm not Catholic. But I do have looked into this, and I have read quite a bit of that encyclical and it is very interesting because I've heard other people say that that modernism in general and by that I don't necessarily mean it's a car or a painting those are things that we say are modern what is modern it's a way of thinking that throws out ancient and tried and true methods of reasoning and coming to what it is that we understand. One article that I was reading said that 
that he has done this because he wanted to take broader aim at arch conservatives and traditionalists who have become the Pope's biggest critics. And, you know, the Pope has been a huge supporter of the sustainability agenda, etc., etc. I didn't want to take aim at the Pope on Christmas, for heaven's sake. But I was struck by his insistence that the message be shaped to today's way of thinking. And to me, that really is the problem of modernism. Because where we are, we've men call good evil and evil good. The message of truth is timeless. It doesn't need to be shaped to the times that we live in, whatever times those are. It's, it's universal. Truth is universal. It's timeless. And it's a diabolical system that understands that and that works in a million ways to chip away at a timeless, true message to shape it for modern listeners. And there are so many examples come to mind of people who have had their, I don't want to say faith shaken, but they have had their, they've, they've lost their footing just a little bit. Another example of the danger of following a leader, whoever that leader is, um, comes to mind with a listener, uh, Allens, who went to the same church for, I think she said, probably about 30 years. This was her life. She grew up there. She was completely dedicated. It was the big part. And I remember her telling me that that she had a hard time with some things in Alan's books because she felt that it was in conflict with what she was hearing in church and what she had been raised to think of was the truth. And during COVID, they were all locked down. Nobody went to church. And then eventually the vaccine rollout happened. And I I believe that what had happened was she told another member of the congregation that she did not plan to take the vaccine. And this went back to to the pastor of the church who outed her publicly and told her that she was no longer welcome in the church. Um, it was a very uh, vicious attack on her as a person for choosing not to comply with this. Um, and it really shook her. It shook everything that she had been raised to think was the way to be, the way to live, what to believe. And and so it's for that reason that I want to say at this time that we are living through those things that we've held on to as, as pillars. These are the pillars of our society. And some of them have been being chipped away at for years. But 
some of those pillars that no longer hold up anything but an illusion, we have to knock those down ourselves. I was I was looking through the cutting through books this morning and thinking about something that I might want to add, and I found a place in the first volume where Alan was talking about how everything is planned and we're given Pied Pipers to follow. They're created for us to follow. Gurus. And he wrote, To conquer an evil, we must first disperse into the individual. We must cast off religions, the ties that bind, and stop being afraid. The material world was conquered eons ago by anti-creators, those who could not create but who could reshape into systems made in their own deviant image. They have been liars and murderers from the beginning. To find truth, we must die to the illusion around and familiar to us. We must one by one allow ourselves to appreciate the true miracles of life and consciousness, which is our birthright. This truth and the ability to achieve it is within everyone, the tiny flame the controllers wish to extinguish. To be truly born again, we must first look within, put very eloquently by the poet Yeats in Where There Is Nothing. And before I read that little section, I'll just say, you know, if Alan was talking, he do, he didn't go into it in this book, but if he was talking, he might comment on Yeats' involvement in spiritualism and mysticism and theosophy. And I'm not saying that he was by any means a, a champion or promoter of Yeats, but it was a nice piece, and, and Alan often used things wherever he found them. On the other hand, I was reading that Yeats was a promoter of Ezra Pound. And for those of you who have studied this agenda for a while and the people who have spoken out against it, Ezra Pound sort of took Eustace Mullins under his wing and, and gave him some direction on things to research. So for people who through the ages have sought truth, it's always a razor's edge. You can fall off either side. You can cut yourself because truth will take you into some amazing places. Alan always said, the safest place is in your own mind. The safest place is your mind, not what is given to you to consume. So again, Alan said, to be truly born again, we must first look within, put very eloquently by the poet Yeats. And the piece put together from some lines from Yeats' play entitled, Where There Is Nothing, There Is God. I was forgetting we cannot destroy the world, that is, our commitment to the material, with armies. It is inside our minds that it must be destroyed. It must be consumed in a moment inside our minds. God will accomplish his last judgment, first in one man's mind 
and then in another. He is always planning last judgments, and yet it takes a long time. I was mistaken when I set out to destroy church and law. The battle we have to fight is fought out in our own mind. There is a fiery moment, perhaps once in a lifetime, and in that moment we see the only thing that matters. It is in that moment the great battles are lost and won. In that moment we are a part of the host of heaven. We shall not come to that joy, that battle, till we have put out the senses, everything that can be seen and handled as I put out this candle. We must put out the whole world as I put out this candle. We must put out the light of the stars and the light of the sun and the light of the moon till we brought everything to nothing once again. I saw in a broken vision, but now all is clear to me. Where there is nothing, where there is nothing, there is God. So I wish that you all have a Merry Christmas, a Happy Christmas, a Peaceful Christmas. And if you do not observe Christmas, I wish that you are merry and happy and peaceful and that you view this time of the year as a time to reflect, a time to be born again. I wanted to just mention really quickly as well that we're going to take a little bit of time off for that reflection and I don't think that we'll be uploading anything, no purpose made people, no midweek, no uh, Weston talking to dynamic independence, nothing on the website new from us until probably about the 8th of, of January. And so we'll look forward to seeing you in the new year when we're going to have a lot of interesting things that we want to bring to you. We're things that we are excited about that we hope you find interesting. Thank you again for your support. Thank you. And here is Alan from December 25, 2008, followed by his guitar piece for you, Ombre. Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt. This is CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com on Christmas Day, the 25th of December, 2008. For those who have been listening for a long time, we've all gone through the same experiences together as this big bureaucratic system it puts its tentacles around us all and we feel the squeeze. We know what's coming. We knew each part of their agenda as it was coming and that was part of what I tried to do was to show you how the major events in life are planned by giving you the evidence from the big meetings it's not a hard thing to do to control a planet when you have the media in your pocket and the media's job of course is not to inform you as to what's really happening around you but to keep you focused on trivia the small events in sports many years ago I knew that when sports became front page news, 
that was it over. That was the game over because trivia would be pumped into us from then on. We have a media worldwide interconnected that has access to everything that's happening, every global meeting. And in any one day during the year, there's always some global meeting going on with NGOs working together with the United Nations. But it's kept either out of the papers completely or else they don't tell you what it's really all about. It sounds very innocent. Yet every meeting that occurs ends up with treaties that must be signed into law by every country. And this is never mentioned in mainstream media. People expect major changes to happen in their own lifetime by hard work towards a particular goal. And you have to realize what you're up against is a mammoth that's been running this world for an awful long time, intergenerationally. Therefore, the main changes that occur are from the bottom level, from the people's level, take generations as well to build up momentum. That has worked in the past sometimes. Sometimes they've had to back off with their big agendas. Never, never ever throw it out the window. They may postpone it a little bit, but they bring it back again. But we can't even have that luxury anymore because they're on a roll towards this whole world government. And unfortunately, they have complete control over the minds of the very young, as young as kindergarten even, to brainwash them into thinking that everything that's happening and transpiring comes out of necessity and fact. That's why you can't get through to them. They're so brainwashed with a scientific indoctrination. We've watched political correctness sweep through our entire system until you're talking to robots with their little buzzwords, their catchwords and phrases, their slogans. That's what they bounce back at you. Slogans, exactly as Lenin said they would. Most people are truly never conscious. You can't be conscious if you are not informed. To be informed, you can't take bits and bytes of information, but you must have complete access to all information on any particular topic, especially the topics you're talking about. We never have access to all the documentation. Science is the new god, and science is using the same techniques that religions used down through the ages. Down through the ages, we were fighting invisible forces, and the special priests were the only ones who knew what was going on. They kept the demons at bay, if you paid them enough. We find the same thing happening today with the farces of the sciences, because the science is basically the new religion. Very few people understand any particular area of science at the bottom level, and to be honest with you, I don't think they understand at the top either. But as long as we believe they know what they're talking about, we obey them like any other priesthood. And therefore, those, the dominant minority who rule the planet, are using science to its extreme. And we have to take their words for it that, that we are the problem, we're causing global warming, and therefore most of us have to be eliminated we're not productive and we take up too much of their resources. 
you will find as more and more people become informed about the bigger picture and they have access to more and more information the big boys will step up their agenda and become even more absurd in their dogmatism because they will never come down to the bottom level and have it out in a rational argumentative forum with facts they can't because their facts are bogus therefore when totalitarian regimes think they're losing control they simply step up the the heat uh, and they come down even more with brute force and we are dealing with ultimate evil here and I hope people understand that you see we've been taught for a long time now there's no such thing as evil there's just bad traits in people and that evil is a judgment on the outcomes was it good or bad who benefited who who lost as long as someone benefits it must be okay and that is wrong that is wrong there is such a thing as evil when evil is rampant people suffer in a thousand ways when you see the evidence of suffering all over the world then you know that evil truly is rampant and we must bring back this idea of something called evil or in its simplest form right and wrong and even those within society that you think are your friends will fight you on the definitions of right and wrong because there's hardly a person out there that hasn't been contaminated and that's the proper term within indoctrinations we've had for this new age as it's called the dilemma for most people in how to fight this whole system is that they tend to try and fight it head on by using the old standard rules intimidation because after all you are being intimidated when you have cameras set up everywhere in a totally observed watched stamped society you take the representatives of the system head on and those are the ones at the bottom of the ladder the policemen and so on who are brainwashed in their own fashion as well because the control freak faction in society is within everyone really or the factor is at least and people who get uniforms put on them just like wearing a good suit you're suddenly a new person, a different person you forget who you are and now you're a boss and you expect to be uh, observed and obeyed down through the, the centuries it's the bottom people who fight each other for other people at the top that never take place or who never enter the battlefield they sit back somewhere else and watch it all and they always win they won through the Hegelian dialectic because they have plans for the leaders of whoever wins on whoever's side and that's how simple it works it's very very simplistic you've got to understand that the battle starts with yourself and in a way it ends with yourself as well what are you fighting for are you trying to keep something what are you trying to keep generally it's values of some kind or another and that's closer to the truth because it's the value system uh, 
of society that's been under attack. Remember that the elite have said for a long, long time and printed out in many, many books from the top that to destroy not only the family unit, but all bonding within society. They created certain sections of society, new sections of society, new dissidents, you might call them, and gave them authority and status and special status in order to destroy what was left of ordinary society. And sure enough, people go at it, they fight each other, groups fight each other, that's what they're designed to do. When you belong to a group, you lose your individuality. Unless you truly have come together to save certain common common bonds. When the bonds are severed, it's everyone for themselves, unless you belong to the biggest groups, and the biggest groups are organized by those who own the whole system. If you watch many people in the patriot movements, they're often shot to stardom, either by the BBC, CBC in Canada, or some major media in the world. And once they have enough of a following, they tend to be approached by the United Nations, who will give them a nice title and a position. And then they bring their flock that they've gathered back into the fold in the United Nations, as though the United Nations was going to save us all. The whole plan, of course, is to give the United Nations the power to be the front organization for a form of world government. But when you join the United Nations, you must believe in all of its agenda. The very fact that you're loggerheads with those who rule you and those who want to rule you, and as many factions want to get up there to rule other people, believe you me, there's many people with chips on their shoulder, many groups with chips on their shoulder that want to rule everyone else. When you join the United Nations, you must accept all of that. And when you're all off on your own agenda, you have chaos. When you have chaos, then the powers that be clamp down on you to preserve the peace, as they call it, because everyone will be fighting everyone else. It's the Hegelian dialectic. Under liberalism, the guise of liberalism and diversity, we're going into a system that has no toleration for anything outside of its mandate. And that's very apparent. In fact, we've watched for the last eight years wars going on across the world to do with standardization of diverse cultures. Because UNESCO comes in to standardize the culture, train a generation into this new democratic way of being, which is just a, a rule by the few who rule you by owning all the money and the wealth and so on. That's what democracy truly is. It's a cover, it's a front. It never was a real thing. And those with the money and the power decide who will be the top of democracy, ruling all the rest. When you watch the politics of Britain with Tony Blair that supposedly represented Labour, which was an utter farce, he passed more laws than any Prime Minister before him. He stripped people of all their liberties. 
And at the same time, every, every Commonwealth country, British Commonwealth country, was having its rights stripped in the same fashion by whichever character they had at the top at the time. It was a planned, organized thing. There is no left wing and right wing because the agenda never falters. If someone got in and a party got in who truly had a different way that was not authorized, they'd be assassinated so quickly you'd miss it if you blinked. Therefore, everything that happens is planned that way. We know that in the United States, Obama is backed by the biggest bankers out there. They put their little magician in front. And the people fall for it, of course, because they fall for everything. People don't want to do things by themselves, for themselves, or by themselves. They want a Messiah. They want a human, walking, physical Messiah who will do it all for them. And that's always been the downfall of humanity. Because many messiahs can be created, the technique is very simple. The understanding of the masses by those at the top is very simple as well and comprehensive. No one person is going to change the world for you. The world changes by people individually changing themselves and taking what comes their way when they stand up for, the, for rights and you will be persecuted standing up for rights there's no doubt about it we're going into a dark age this is a dark age it's the dark ages more so than the Catholic Church ever had when they restricted information to the peasantry you might think you live in the most informed system the world has ever had because of communication but you're, if you're all prattling about disinformation and trivia while you're being persecuted you are in a dark age there's a year coming up where I know that if the elite don't get their way completely they will cause the problems to happen to give themselves the excuses to implement even harsher policies which are on the books they've decided there's too many people they've given us one-sided versions of everything and that's how that's how you alter people's mindsets you don't give them all the truth and all the facts to do with any particular topic you give them one-sided facts and omit the rest therefore they'll come to the proper Conclusions, the ones designed for them. We have to admit that many people will always be in the dark in this world, in this system. They are totally brainwashed. You can't waste your time trying to help them. But it's good to see that people are finding more and more people around them who are better informed, who at least have an inkling of, of the basics of what's going on and they can take comfort in the fact they're not alone that there's others out there they can see the bigger picture and you become a threat again to those who watch you why else would you bring in a world where every computer every telephone call every fax everything to do with communication is monitored and watched 
Is that a free society? When you have SWAT teams and every cop who is, an, is not in a SWAT team wants to get into one because that's the thing to do. To see it on TV, they've been brought up with the same television because fiction is emulated in reality. That's why fiction is put out there. The world that they are bringing into view is a hell on earth. And it's up to the individuals to come together when they have common cause and things to save because humanity does have an awful lot of good qualities that are never mentioned by the control freaks at the top. And the bonding must continue between people who have those special abilities still left within them the art of bonding, the art of acting out the proper ways to be for other people. Because you can't walk around this world hoping to save yourself. You can only save yourself by saving others. That is a survival mechanism. When we're all afraid of governments and what governments want to do to us, then we are weak and we're helpless. The henchmen at the bottom wearing uniforms, the bullies, have been here in every age. We've got to go beyond them. You don't take them head on. You've got to go to those at the top. And you do it by mass demonstrations. And that will happen eventually. There will be many, much opposition to stop the mass demonstrations. But it will eventually come. And only then will those at the top take and have to accept recognition of them. They'll never admit they're wrong at the top. They always, they'll always tell you they came up with new information on any particular topic. They'll never admit they're wrong. They can't admit they're wrong. Even when they murder people by mistake, they will never ever admit they're wrong. Government is not in the habit of telling the truth Government is in the habit of concealing truth. It always has been. Those who gravitate towards positions of power, unfortunately, don't come from healthy, normal people. They come from psychopathic types that they gravitate towards where power is. A new system has to come out of all of this, eventually. And it cannot be the same system. Every person in the world from kindergarten should be taught something different this time. Should be taught how to recognize psychopathy, the psychopath. The one who knows, his, who knows how to use everyone else to do their job for them. The manipulators. Those who can do the dirty and sleep well without tranquilizers. Because psychopaths always gravitate towards positions of power, even at your local level. And that's all you'd have to really do, is ensure that children could recognize psychopaths from a very early age. You see, they're using this technique of indoctrination, I'm talking about they, the psychopaths, are using it on your children to brainwash them into 
false facts, false theories and so on to do with sustainability. But by using a technique of at least getting to the children and saying, look, here's a psychopath, here's what they will do with you. Here's how they can manipulate you so easily. Your thoughts, your belief, and even the dedication of your whole life in some cases. Then we wouldn't have this problem. But to have this problem eradicated, we've got to understand what evil truly is. And evil is detrimental to the human species. It's anti-life. In fact, you'll find the radicals who are well-funded by those at the top, the top psychopaths, don't like humans at all. They're nihilistic. That ties right in with what was said by Albert Pike and others. They would use the nihilists and the atheists, meaning those who would create chaos. They'd obliterate humanity and everything that was good in humanity and the natural caring and bonding that could occur within humanity for its own survival they would obliterate it when that's gone you see you have no one to turn to but the state and that's exactly what the psychopaths want they are the state they have incredible superiority complexes because what they've managed to do over the last century or so is to convince the public that they have no thoughts of their own that are worthwhile considering. Leave it to the specialists, and the specialists are in the business of doing us all in. The last thing they want now are mass and peaceful demonstrations. I'm talking about massive demonstrations. The last thing they want is that where people will oppose the totalitarian society where you're chipped, you're ID'd, your papers are demanded by low-level cops who are no different than anyone else at the low level, where cameras watch you, where you can't write a letter without it being opened and read. That is the utter tyranny. It's the, it's the grossest tyranny that's ever, ever been devised. And nothing can justify it. Nothing. This year we should all work together and don't be afraid of standing in the street amongst other people protesting and having your photograph taken. They know who you all are anyway. They know more about you as an individual than you do about yourself. They've already admitted the army, the Pentagon, has literally a computer system set up with duplicates of you in a system, a virtual you. And the whole idea is to find out how predictable you are. Humanity on an individual level used to be called sacred that idea has been rubbed out by the dehumanization process constantly ongoing through again movies predictive programming and what's called the arts where they hang corpses on wires and put fetuses in jars of urine to debase you they tell you 
You're nothing but a freak of nature. You came from slime and so on. Do you realize that their whole philosophy is based on hate? But no facts. No matter how much you reiterate the same hate, it does not amount up to facts. We have to regain our, our speciality as human beings, our specialness, our uniqueness as human beings, in order to combat this. And don't fight the guys at the bottom. The big field marshals always watched their armies clash, and then they went off to sip their brandy together. They never took part in the battles. Don't battle with those at the bottom. They always said that massive bureaucracies, including all of the enforcement teams at the bottom, rely on a head at the top. If that head is removed, they are helpless on their own and useless on their own. We've got to start calling out the psychopaths for what they are. And we also have to admit, and this is the key to it as well, you cannot save this system we're in. This system is already totally, utterly corrupt. It's a greedy system where those at the top plunder other nations, cause famines, they cause the wars, they plunder. They have everyone in this system working, hoping to get enough shekels to get by on, and then they, once you've saved up enough, they pull it all from you anyway. You can't win in this system. There's nothing honest about it. It's totally deceptive and corrupt. So we do need a new way. Now remember those at the top have decided which way it will be. It will be a system where you cannot procreate without permission, especially if it means to have offspring. That will be forbidden. They want the enhanced types. Now they are going to decide what's enhanced. They'll, they'll decide what traits they want. And we know what it's going to be. It's all PC, isn't it? Political correctness. They don't want individuals there that can cause them problems in the future, so they remove the t all the different genes that give you your uniqueness. That's part of it. We also have a section of society that's helping us along at the bottom level. And I call it the bottom, even though they can afford to have supposed enhancement of their fetus and so on, and in vitro fertilization. They are part of the problem, however nice they might be to their neighbors. They are part of the problem. They are eugenicists themselves. They are low-level psychopaths. Those at the top have already said that at the end of it all, they'll have this sort of golden age where you have your dominant minority, you'll have your guardian class, you'll have the helpers, the technocrats, and then this, this hive of the masses all working for them very reduced in numbers mind you but working efficiently 24 hours a day for them we won't need sleep and so on or entertainment through drugs and chemistry etc they can overcome these little problems but the last thing they want are mass mass demonstrations Where that will ever happen, I don't know. I know there's so many agitators sent out there uh, who are trained uh, how to cause dissent 
from the very beginning. I don't know if it's possible. But I think even the attempt is worth it. Because in this world, there's a lot of decent people all over the world who can come together in a common purpose. I don't mean that fake one I've said in Britain, common purpose, but a real common purpose with human values that are shared. The human values that make you unique individually and because you, you understand that, you also are willing to put yourself ahead to save other people. And they in turn will come out to save you. That is called survival. That's the only true interdependence there ever was. Outside of this crappy economic system they've given us. A system where we're all slaves, working to pay the rent for next week or next month. Anyway, the purpose of this talk is not to rant on about that which we already know. The purpose is to help people come together to fight even harsher times which are scheduled for us, I'm sure of it. We've been told was scheduled, for those who've listened to my shows. We are born into myths and fantasies to serve commerce. Now, of course, we're consuming too much, they claim, and it has to stop. I'm surprised they haven't pulled the Santa con game out as well. But then, after all, Santa must be unemployed by now. He doesn't have a permit to, to build toys, you see. He and the elves up in the North Pole there. He probably doesn't even, even have a permit to be there. He won't have a, a permit from the Ministry of Agriculture and and livestock to have reindeer he won't have permits to fly across the skies he won't have permits even to give things out for free he'll have to be annihilated I'm sure because that's the world we're, we're in today he certainly hasn't signed the GATT treaty and after all since all commerce must be in China on manufacturing they had to put him out of business because he doesn't have parts in the GATT treaty. That's how farcical everything truly is. We live in myths and fantasies, and the media keeps us in utter trivia. Trivia which also indoctrinates, indoctrinates us into the myths, the new myths that they constantly keep, bring along. When everyone is afraid of losing their jobs because they might say something which is true and evident to all, self-evident, we are in a bad way. The hope I have is that through time, and time certainly is short, but through time people will come together and say the king has no clothes where it's the global warming nonsense climate change which is just the weather which has always changed to the, the need to be in the Middle East to standardize them and obliterate their culture and that's what it's all about really yeah they'll plunder as well but it's to obliterate a culture 
that they claim is obsolete with its religion and its way of life. We're dealing with totalitarian uh, thoughts or thinking or mentalities here. That is the psychopath. Those who know better how we should all live. And they'll kill us all to have their way. We have weather manipulation. We have spraying in the skies. We have technotronic warfare going on. All documented stuff from the big boys themselves. And it's been done on the people without their permission. How could you possibly hope to have any good done for the people by governments working in collusion and using weaponry on you, including sterilization? How could you possibly ever expect them to suddenly change their ways and saying we're very, to say we're very, very sorry? They can't say they're sorry because they've gone too far and apart from that being psychopaths and they truly are psychopaths they are the deviant creation they can never admit to you what they've done because it would take there'd be repercussions to it we'd have to decide what to do with them on a scale more severe than any petty and I call it petty Nuremberg trial because what's happened for the last 50 years has happened to the, entire, to the entire world by deliberation. So let's try and do more this year. Let's try not to get into loggerheads with people when they can't understand. Let's try to get the information out there in a way they can understand. Yet to start with the personal level, that which affects the person individually, and you go on from there. Because most people you see have been disassociated from the rest of humanity, they've been kept in a little shell, and they can only react to that which affects them personally. Start there, and perhaps you can start bringing them into caring about other people too. This is a war for everything. Everything. This being that is and could be. So for myself and Hamish, have a nice and happy Christmas and strengthen your fortitude for the coming year and the trials we will have put upon us and those trials we can still fight as well as long as we have consciousness we can fight so good night from Canada and may your God or your gods go with you I thought to give you something for your Christmas and after a day's shoveling snow forgive the stiff hands but I dried the guitar out of its coffin and came up with this, so sit back and enjoy.
All the best, Alan.